All right, everybody, thank you for joining us for another Her Wild Outdoors podcast. Today, I have the honor of having Catherine Spader with us. And Catherine, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, Catherine, you, (laughs) I was so impressed. You reached out to me, um, what was it, a week, a little over a week ago, two weeks ago? Um, And you said, hey, how like you need to have a teenager on and and talk about what it's like to be a teen in the hunting industry and in our community and how we do it. And I went, heck yeah, I do. How about you be on this podcast with me? And you just jumped right on and said, sure thing. And I was just so impressed with that. Thank you. Yeah, I... I mean, it's just one of those things you don't get to hear a lot of other kids out there and Mm -hmm. thought it'd be awesome just to hear something. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're the one that's going to be putting putting that information out there. Um, I have noticed in the past and my daughter turned 13 uh, almost a year ago and the best thing that we did that year, she and I was go to Kansas on a youth girls doe hunt and she was able to meet finally meet other girls her age that hunt and she said that she really did not she didn't realize what she was missing until those relationships formed even being out of state those relationships formed and they're able to talk and she said it has made a huge difference in not just her hunting, but but how she carries herself as a hunter. Yeah, for sure. I didn't grow up with a lot of um, women influence in my like hunting life. My mom does a little bit. She's more of a big game. Like she shot a bear and she's done her cow elk and stuff. But for the most part, that was about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not uncommon. I would say more than three-fourths of the women that I have interviewed over two years of interviews, three-fourths of them would say that they grew up hunting without knowing another woman who hunted. So it's not uncommon. It's changing, but it's still so spread out that you don't necessarily have somebody within arm's reach that you – can walk alongside of. So I'm glad that your mom is a part of that in a small way that you're able to, to kind of feed off of that a little bit and learn, but it's still, it's different having somebody your own age to talk to about that. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Do you have anybody now that you have been able to reach out to and grow from, even if they're not within your own circle? Um, I've had a couple of my friends just like say, Hey, like this seems like a lot of fun. Um, I'd love to like do it and enjoy it with you. And I got to take one of my best friends on her first doe hunt last year. So that was a lot of fun. And, um, I've talked to a couple other people Mm -hmm. around my age, but for the most part, it's just been like, if I take them hunting, otherwise I'm just me and the boys. (laughs) (laughs) That's how most of us. Uh, that's how most of us roll these days. Is um, yeah. It it. I think that my so I'm 41, 
And it wasn't until two years ago that I hunted with another woman. And yeah, that is crazy. It is crazy. It it surprised me and shocked me that there were women out there because I started hunting. Oh, it's it's coming up on ten years, but for all of those years that I hunted solo, it was just out of the guidance of men around me. And it wasn't even that I got to hunt with them. It was just asking questions and learning how to do it. So it, I think that things are starting to change a little bit more and, and maybe we need to get you in on a girl's hunt, uh, in the next year that would be a blast (laughs) that would be so much fun i've looked at a couple there's like a couple of different groups i know Mm -hmm. that do a lot of those like girls only hunts yeah none of them have just worked out for me yet so there i know that uh willed herness is and she you've heard them spoken on a couple of these podcasts uh but they're a great group of women who have a a teenage a group of girls that gets together and hunts I, at least twice a year. I know they do a pheasant hunt and they do a deer hunt. And it's just something to keep in mind. They're based out of Kansas, so it's not too terribly far. <laughs> not horrible. I've done worse. <laughs> yeah. It's not too terribly far. But when I think that one of the things that uh, I have had to realize is if I want to hunt with a group of women and a really good group of women that I trust and respect, I have to travel for that. And it's worth it every single time. But you have a lot of responsibilities um, outside of just hunting. And that's kind of why we're here to talk about that. Um, Give us, before we go any further, give us just a little bit of your background on who you are and how hunting started in your life. Yeah. So, um, I grew up, I was really lucky and I got to grow up in a family that hunts a lot. Mm -hmm. My dad was super big into getting us kids out there. I've got four other siblings and me and my older brother are like super close just because of how much we hunt together. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier, it was mostly just me and the boys. Like my mom would take along, um, walk pheasant fields. Um, but unless it was really big game, she didn't do a lot of it. Pheasant hunting was mm-hmm. the biggest for me when I was growing up because it's South Dakota. Like we're known for our pheasants. And we'd walk through the fields, me and my little siblings, and we'd carry BB guns and pretend we're pulling up on the pheasants when one would pop up. Wow. Um, So it was super fun. We'd plant trees in the fall for it and just like getting us out there knowing that you don't just get to go hunt. You got to do the work for it too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's Um, missing, right? I think that's missing in, in a lot of people hunting is the work that goes into it. I'm glad that your parents have instilled that in you guys. Yes. That along with that, a lot of people I know when we're asking permission to like hunt fields, they'll just ask, be like, Hey, can we hunt it? And I think a really amazing thing when you're asking permission is to say, Hey, if we shoot anything, do you want any of meat? Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything we can help you out with just like around the farm that we could do quick for you? Things like that. Yep. It's a good, I think that's good for you 
to learn how to do anyways because you're learning communication skills. You're learning that it's not just something you can take. It's something that you can give back to. That uh, I think people do forget. You make a great point. People do forget that one way you can create that relationship is by offering meat back. And uh, we've done that a couple of times with some people that we've hunted with, hey, we'll give you a deer um, or half a deer or, you know, we'll give you some ground just um, as a thank you if they don't hunt. And that is actually received better than working around the house or around the farm or however it is. They receive the meat without question. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of people really appreciate that. Yeah. What's your favorite thing um, to hunt? I really like deer and big game, um, but it's real close second. My brother makes fun of me all the time because he loves the waterfall aspect. But the like way my heart pounds when I have a big deer in front of me, I <sighs> can't compare it to anything else. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I think it's different. I'm the same way. I don't get that that big heartbeat, that fast-paced adrenaline rush with waterfowl but it's very social and it's uh you get to hang out and uh I don't know I think it feeds my soul a little bit differently than the other it doesn't mean it's better or worse it's just right I have different responses to it yeah 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 so his favorite is is waterfowl Yeah, he loves the geese and the ducks. He shot a couple of deer just when he was younger, like on a mentor's takes and stuff, but he Mm -hmm. doesn't even apply for takes anymore. Um, (laughs) Just you. You can do it. Yeah. (laughs) I get to hunt the property by myself, so it works great for me. Yeah, it does. (laughs) I'll take it anyway. Um, I can't complain. No. Well, when did you start hunting? Like, when did you actually do the... Uh, what age were you when you were hunting yourself? Um, so I think I started really shooting uh, pheasants and stuff when I was 12, I think, mm-hmm. is when we get our hunter safety. I did a couple of deer before that with, like, the mentored program, which South Dakota is really awesome as they changed it now that you can shoot a deer at any age. Yeah. As long as you have that mentor take. Before, when I started, I think it was eight So I got my does and stuff then, and I shot my first buck. I think it was right when I was 12, and that's, like, really what set it off for me. Yeah. It's – here in Tennessee, you can be any age, but they require – hunter safety at a certain age in order to hunt by yourself. Um, My kids have had lifetime license since they were two. uh, One, we got them for them when they were babies so that uh, they don't ever have to get another license. They just have to get their extras like uh, duck tags or duck stamps and things like that. But it's for their entire life for the state of Tennessee, they can, they have their sportsman's license, which is great. Um, that is awesome. I wish South Dakota did that. <laughs> I got to buy a tag every year and license really, every year. It really stinks because at my age to buy a lifetime license here in Tennessee, I think it's close to $2,000, if not $2,000. And in the grand scheme of things, I think that it would save me money over all of the years. But for them to have it, it under I think three years old and under it's 200 and something dollars for a lifetime tag 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah. No Very kidding. Much so. <laughs> Very much so. But here, see, you'll have to just come hunt here. Here you can shoot three doe a day. A day? A day during hunting season. My goodness. <laughs> no, see, we get one tag. So I, this year I've got three takes total. I have an archery tag, mm-hmm. a buck tag, and a doe tag. Yeah. And that's all I get. <laughs> yeah. it's You can get two bucks and three doe a day. Now, nobody ever shoots three dough a day right, right. Um, but it does it does leave you the opportunity like we had eight deer this past year in the freezer and we're able to donate a little bit out and um and I think that we do have the population to do that which is different than other states um we've got to manage it and we've got CWD that we've got to worry about and keep that under control. So it's, there are reasons for it, but it also, it allows you to hunt for a while if you want to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You got to go out a little bit more. Mm -hmm, You do. Um, But yeah, that's being able to, you guys have to draw or is it over the counter tags? Um, so like my archery and the doe tag, those are both over the counter pretty Mm -hmm. much. You're guaranteed those. Um, my buck tag though, it's for a county that's pretty, um, like a lot of people are trying to hunt it. Gotcha. There's higher pressure. So I did have to draw for that one and I got lucky and I got it with no preference points this year, but it usually takes one or two. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. When does your season open? Um, it opens November 20th. So okay. my doe and archery, they're open right now. It's a little warm though. I like to hunt when it's a bit cooler. Yeah. Um, and then that, uh, rifle take opens on November 20th. When did you take your first archery kill? So it was actually this last spring turkey hunting. Yes. Um, it was, it was my first solo hunt, like all by myself as well. And it was kind of a mess <laughs> because <laughs> I forgot my range finder and I'm so bad oh. at like figuring out ranges. Mm-hmm. So I had this Tom come in like hard. It was attacking my decoy. And I was like, I just got to figure something out and guess. <laughs> and I guessed a little bit short. So, um, I didn't kill it right away and I wounded it pretty bad. And so I felt horrible, of course, mm-hmm. and ended up like spot and stalking this thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I, I ended up getting it and I was like, well, <laughs> this is interesting. What a great first solo hunt story. It's, but, it's one that you learn from 100%. Yes. Yeah. And you're all, I always learn something no matter what happens. Yeah. But, I, my first, uh, the first thing that I got was a doe and that morning was one of those I got out there and I was going up a tree stand because we don't have to shoot far um, and it was our tree season anyways, but it's just you're, you're in trees. There's no mm-hmm. long distance uh, to be able to see things. Everything is very, very close in and so a tree stand works the best for where we are right now. And uh, I was about to climb the stand and it was full of fire ants. There were fire ants all up the ladder. And it was one of those things where I had to sit there (laughs) and mentally psych myself up to get... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to, to brush them off and uh, and get up into the stand and uh, and then there's a snake skin at the top. There were just all of these things oh that my. kept. I kept going no 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 no, which is why I hate 
hunting in the hotter parts of the season because of ticks and and the bugs and um and snakes snakes are the big one we've got rattlesnakes so those are the big things that kind of scare me a little bit and so getting up there and getting that dough that day there were a lot of obstacles i had to mentally push through to hunt solo i think if somebody else had been there it would have been you know i i can do this i've I've got to keep face in front of people. I can't make a big deal. But I think I stood at the bottom of that ladder for about 10 minutes figuring out, can I do this? <laughs> like, ooh, I really want to, but I also really yes. don't want to. <laughs> it's so yeah. true. It's so true. But it's it's taking those shots that, that it happens to everybody that it doesn't. It's not the perfect shot. And... Mm-hmm. Kudos to you for going after it and finishing it because some people would just say, oh, that was a bad shot and let it go. And so I'm glad that you did that and you finished up and were able to walk away with with a turkey. That's awesome. With yeah, it was. Def- <laughs> I definitely I called my brother after it, too, like after I had shot that first time. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And he like did the whole he was like, just wait 10 minutes, see if it dies. Mm-hmm. and then go after it because you can't just leave it out there. And I was yeah. like, you're right. It's good to have but. support like that. That's uh, a needed thing because when you're not experienced in some certain ways of hunting, it's good to have somebody that you can call, whether it is your brother or a friend or your dad. It's uh, it's always good to have that phone call and and to say, what do I do next? It's kind yeah. of nice. Yeah. So that was your first solo yes. hunt and your first archery hunt. Yeah. I had <laughs> tried different archery. Like um, when I was in the Black Hills um, mm-hmm. last spring too. And I was like planning on shooting with my one with my bow and I just never got the chance. So I've been out to archery hunt, but I never had that archery kill before. Well, congratulations on the turkey. That is no easy feat. I have been hunting turkey in my neck of the woods for two and a half years and haven't gotten one here. I got one in Texas this year, but it was a fight in itself. Turkey are not easy. No, you think they're pretty stupid, but they they outsmart you every time. Every single time. Uh, it it surprises me. And I, I mean, every time I go out, it surprises me that one will outwit me. And, and then I go, this happens every time. It's not. Yes. <laughs> you shouldn't be surprised anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And every time you're like, oh, this is the time. And then. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> no. Well, tell me just a little bit about what it's like to be that teenager and balancing school and work and hunting and being fully involved. I mean, I look at your Instagram page and it's like, holy crud, they're like, you're in it. You love it so much. So how do you balance it? Yeah, it's definitely a struggle. Um <laughs> When I first started doing a lot, probably in junior high, um, my dad was always like the person that would say, you know, a bad day of hunting is always better than a good day of school. Mm-hmm. So we, he'd let me skip every once in a while. But you <laughs> learn just to keep your grades up and mm-hmm. work hard when you are there so that when you do want to skip or like take a week to go do some fun hunting trip, it's not 
oh my goodness, like I'm missing all the school. It's mm-hmm. going to be so bad because you already have like what you need to be able to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to different lectures before, like scouting for geese and sitting in the deer stand. Um, just like time management like that. Yeah. But I did, I worked really hard my first three years of high school so that this year I only do half days and then I can work um, at Shields which is an amazing company. I don't know. Yes. I don't think you guys have a shield. We, do, do, we do not. No. Um, yeah. Um, but then I can work during the day then and have my nights to scout and go dove hunting or pigeon hunting or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's, um, uh, I can't imagine. And here's, I've talked to my kids a lot about uh, not feeling in control right as a kid you kind of have to wait for your parents to do things you can bring things up but it kind of it correlates with their schedule too right you're having to Mm -hmm. to balance not just your life and your school life but also everybody else's schedule to make things work when you can't drive and you can't go on solo hunts yet and you really rely on that adult figure in your life whoever it is to get you to those places or to teach you things that you have not learned yet. And whether it's through YouTube or reading or listening to lectures or whatever that looks like for you, my kids have voiced it back to me. Hey, we need, it's not just flexibility on our part and working hard to keep our grades up, like you said, in order to take a day off here or there. But it's also maintaining the flexibility as an adult to work with that schedule and and to reward that hard work and to take the time off to be with them and to support them in that. And so I think that one of the frustrations that I've heard from them is just that, is it takes a lot when you can't drive and you can't do things on your own. It takes a lot of a flexibility and honestly determination in order to make it work. So it can be very frustrating when it doesn't and it can't. Yeah. Um, I remember when, well, before I could drive and got my license, we would always do birthday hunts. So you got to skip school on your birthday to go hunt. And a lot of the times it ended up just being one of those where we would drive around and look for some geese or something that we could try to jump just because we didn't have the time to prepare before mm-hmm. t- and you know just having that where you get all the time in the car where you're talking and mm-hmm. connecting with each other but you still get to have those few moments where your heart's pounding a little bit and you're crawling up a fence line yeah I think that that's you know, from the parents perspective it I value that time in the car or the walk out or the walk back, uh, the time that I'm able to whisper and and connect in a different way one-on-one with my kids. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wonder if, and it kind of seems that way with how you're saying it, that it means a lot to you too. Oh, for sure. I always sleep on the way home from hunting and stuff, but I, every time I remember before I'd fall asleep, my dad would teach me a lesson of some sort mm-hmm. that I still carry with me today. Yeah. It's a, and, yeah, 
it's a special time. It's just a time to be able to kind of check out of all of the other responsibilities uh, and and focus on one thing with the person that you're with. And I don't know. It's just very valuable to me. It's a treasure that I hold very, very close to my heart is to be able to do that with my kids. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just great. Mm -hmm. Do you taking friends out? How has that been? You said you have a friend that you got to take out. How did that go switching the tables and being the teacher in that moment? Um, I think I was more excited than she was when she actually <laughs> shot her dough. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it was definitely one of those things where I wasn't used to being like, okay, so you need to make sure that you have this and you have this. Because mm-hmm. um, it was always someone else saying like that to me. And so we went out one day right after school and I gave her camo because she didn't even have any. She'd never shot the gun. She was going to shoot but I knew it was sighted in like everything was good and we sat in our deer tower and I remember the first doe walks out and she immediately starts shaking and she's like I'm nervous <laughs> I was like you're not even gonna shoot that one like don't uh-huh. worry about that we're waiting for a bigger doe mm-hmm. you know and she's all excited and I'm trying to like tell her how this is gonna go getting her to calm down you know mm-hmm. and she she actually missed the deer like three times <laughs> <laughs> and it just kept like it'd run away and it would come back again and I was like it's meant to be like Claire you're gonna shoot this deer yeah and so finally she shoots it and it hops a little bit so we know that she got it and I was like all right we got to get down there and find it because it's almost dark um and we're walking around I called my dad to tell him that we shot one because he was gonna come out and help us uh field dress it and everything mm-hmm. and we're walking around and it's getting dark and we forgot headlamps so we're using our phone flashlights and just kind of a mess and i'm like we're not gonna find this here we'll have to come back tomorrow and i said hey i'm gonna check one more spot and then we're gonna walk back to the car and she's kind of getting bummed down at this point yeah you know just it always sucks when that happens it does and i look down in this little ravine that crosses through our land and fair enough, <laughs> 10 feet down is her doe laying uh, in a pile of mud. <laughs> and I was like, hey, Claire, I found your doe. And she's like, no way. <laughs> I was like, yup. <laughs> so my dad came out and helped us pull it out and, you know, cleaned it up and everything. Mm-hmm. But our picture is super funny that it was just wet and muddy. And we both look <laughs> just, it was really warm that day. Yeah, it was pretty funny, but... It teaches us, I think, the the first time that I taught somebody that I was with somebody who I was not hunting, they were hunting. And I, it changes the way that I hunt because of teaching somebody else. And uh, I think that, that there's a sense of confidence that comes from that. And I wonder if that kind of happened with you and her in just taking that step further, not just, and I'm sure that you've heard me say it before, it's, you know, when you you learn, you're taught, and then you do it, and then you teach it. It changes mm-hmm. who you are as that person. Um, did you notice that in that moment? Have you been able to hunt since then that you, you went, oh, this is okay. I have a little bit more confidence in this. Yeah. A couple of weeks after I took her out, we went, she came out with me again, actually, when I was, um, hunting for my, my buck 
And it was just a couple of different things. And I was like, I remember telling her to do this and it just Mm -hmm. made me like slow down and Mm -hmm. do the same thing. And it just, yeah, it gives you more confidence that, Hey, if I can tell someone else how to do this, I can do this myself. Yeah. My biggest thing when I was learning how to hunt was to be independent. Like that was my biggest, my number one goal was to be an independent hunter, to be able to do everything on my own. Not because it was one of those, I can do it by myself, but because I wanted to be able to not just say, I did that because there's a sense of pride in that. uh, But it was also being able to master those skills. And of course, I'm still learning. So master is not the right way to say it. But there's a good feeling in that to be able to step forward and do the things that you've worked hard to be able to do. And so when you were able to go out on that turkey hunt and do it all by yourself and to bring it back and that sense of accomplishment with the lessons that came along with it was still something that you were able to step back and say, look, I did that. That was me. Yeah, it was super exciting. And just being able to tell your family and stuff Mm -hmm. that I got to do this and everyone's super proud and just, it's an amazing feeling for sure. Mm -hmm. What, uh, what have your friends thought over the years of you? Did you ever feel like you had to hide it or was it always that, uh, were you always out front with it? Um, for the most part, I was pretty out front with it. Um, I don't know if it was as much hiding as just not talking about it since no one else found it like as interesting or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really awesome when my buddy was like, hey, is this something I could try? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, of course. <laughs> yes. Um, but like even still, I, I mean, I have my Instagram where I post a lot and I've definitely met a couple of people through it. Um, but a lot of it is just, it's kind of like a side, like at school, it's not really something that I talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, even though it's like one of the only things that I do. (laughs) (laughs) We had, um, it was about two years ago that my daughter was bringing wild game to school for lunch and she got made fun of and we're we're in a pretty rural part of of our area but it's still few and far between that you would find another kid that hunted so you're talking about a kid in the sixth grade who is getting noses turned up because she brought venison or duck or whatever it was that she brought and I remember meeting she and I met Kylie McRae. Do you know Kylie? Do you follow her? Mm, I, th- I've, I think I do. Okay. She's I'm not the turkey positive. hunter. I think she's she graduated high school last year, I believe. Um, but she is a she's a great hunter. She's I think gotten her grand slam in turkeys seven years or seven times. Like she's a great hunter. Um, but she met Kylie and Kylie was like, dude, let him go. They're, that's not the support that you need. That's not, you know, they're going to be there, but you've got to brush that off. That's not, uh, 
you need to be proud of what you're doing and how you're eating and what your family does and what you want to do. And from that moment on, she held her head high. And she said, that's fine. You don't have to like my food. I like my food. And that's what matters. Mm -hmm. And she kind of took it as a teaching tool to people instead of shying away from it. She was able to stand up tall about it. And it shows the power of that support of having somebody come alongside of you and say, ah, just let that roll off your shoulders. It's just because they don't understand. So teach them. Have a conversation. Uh, and if they still don't, then that's that's on them, not on you. And I think that if I were her age and had been hunting, I think that I would have been in kind of the same boat and just because of who we went to school with and how we grew up and the community that was around us. But I don't know. I just – I value – myself those conversations with other women and other hunters and it gives me confidence in what I'm doing and so did your world because I mean 12 years old taking you know your first deer as a hunter not through a mentor tag but on your own tag how did that did you have the support then or even now from people around your age or have you had to look for it elsewhere? Um, I think my family was definitely my biggest support system mm-hmm. um, just because they all, they all grew up hunting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think many of my friends, like they were all like, wow, like good job, Catherine. But they didn't really, it wasn't something that they were very interested in or anything like that even like still like I've got a couple of friends that always love to hear about my stories and stuff but um my it's definitely yeah we have like family group chats and stuff that will send pictures in and um yeah it's definitely there or even my like I said me and my brother are very close and so he's got a lot of really good buddies that I hunt with a lot and so having them there also um, creates that support. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that one of the things that we are lacking right now is that support system outside of our family for teenagers in our community. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. that's probably why you reached out to me was, hey, people need to understand this is this is a conversation that needs to be had. It's something that I think parents need to take responsibility of growing uh, the community of that age group a little bit better for their kids. And I'm talking to myself when I'm saying this, that I need to take that and hold that responsibility on my own shoulders uh, to keep growing that for my kids because they need it just as much as they need family support. They need a community of kids that they can have conversations with that empathize with them when they make a bad shot or because there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Um, Mm -hmm. When somebody can actually say, I understand and I know that feeling and I'm sorry versus, oh, that must have been bad or not even understanding the, the level of how you feel when that happens. And uh, I think it's something valuable that we need to grow 
Yeah, I think part of it too just is like we are still hunting with our parents and stuff. So mm-hmm. getting out there with friends is difficulter until you're older and can do that stuff on your own. Mm-hmm. But I think that they're coming up with more ways of doing that. And I think we need to continue to do that and support those groups that do that. Yeah, for sure. We've got a couple of here within the state. Our state does a pretty good job of youth hunts. And, uh, of course, you've got to have adults there um, for certain ages of minors. You've got to have mentors there. But I think that we also need to create an environment where you can have you know, teenagers that are pretty self-sufficient and just need somebody close by for just in cases. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that that would be a valuable community for, for growing the hunting community, because right now it's like, get your child involved, get your child involved. But where is that transition from mentoring your child to growing and, you know, an ethical, lawful hunter. Where what does that transition look like? And we've talked about that in our family, just with our faith or our belief systems. When does it change from that's what my parents do to this is what I do? Yeah, <laughs> I it, well, especially in like the hunting world, just doing something because that's what your parents told you to do, or doing something because like you understand that that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I see it a lot with like goose hunting, especially especially this year because I've been more like I want to be able to do this by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so like learning the different ways to set up your decoys or like understanding like which way the wind's going and how that's going to affect how the geese want to come in and calling. I'm not a good caller, but I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> it but, takes time. I'm yes. horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a um, art, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but, knowing when to ask mm-hmm. help. That's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and not being scared to ask help. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of people don't, don't want to ask for help because they want to be able to seem like they know how to do everything. Yeah. But... Well, and to seem like there's something to prove. And yeah, I think that that goes across all ages. Uh, in fact, I think adults have a harder time with that than, than kids and teens do because we should know how to do it. We're adults. And right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little bit easier. My daughter even says that it's a little bit easier for me to ask for help than for you to ask for help. And it's kind of a dagger to the heart. It's true. I need to be held accountable to that, to be able to ask for help when I don't know how to do something. Um, there's initiative and there's determination and figuring it out, but there's also no shame in saying, Hey, I want to do this better. How can I do this better? Let me seek out somebody who does it great and learn from them. Um, And yeah, I think adults do have a little bit of a harder time with that. Uh, Yeah. And you just (laughs) think you're supposed to be the one teaching. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. when you don't understand, Mm -hmm. even, yeah, I even get that sometimes when people ask me something and it's like, um, I don't know, but I don't want to say that I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But see, you probably, the years that you've been hunting and the amount of experience, and I've said this a lot too, the number of years does not equate to your experience. Experience should stand on its own. And I think that you probably have 
more experienced than some of the adults out there. And so I wouldn't, honestly, I've never pheasant hunted. So coming to you, I'd be like, Catherine, teach me how, um, teach me how to do that because I don't know how. And I would have no problem asking you, even with an age difference, whatever. I It goes from experience, not from uh, your age or the years that you've been doing it. Yeah, I think that's super important, too. I've had to ask people younger than me for help on certain things, too. And, well, I have a buddy who's great at goose calling. And I was just like, you got to teach me how to do this because I have no clue what I'm doing. Is it, is it, do you think that that gives people, if they're younger, do you think that that gives them that confidence of, hey, thanks for asking? Or, uh, or do you think it's uncomfortable? Like, would it make you uncomfortable if I, an adult, came and asked you for, uh, like, sent you a message, hey, Catherine, how do I do that? Or would no. it be, okay, good. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I would, I would be so happy. I love being able to teach other people no matter like age or anything. Even my mom, she's done, I mean, she's, like I said, she's done the big game, some dough. She's got a couple of bucks under her belt, but even now she's like, Hey, like, how do we do this? Mm-hmm. Um, can you help me field dress the steer? Can mm-hmm. you, you know, and it's, it's awesome to be able to be there. Yeah. My daughter shot her first dough last year. And she was with, she was not with me. She was not with her dad either. Like we, it was, she was with somebody who wanted to learn how to mentor. And she had just enough experience to know where to go and where the deer were and how to sneak in and all of that. But she had herself had never fully field dressed an animal alone. And my daughter had seen it many times and we walked through things specifically with you know the scientific reasoning behind it and where everything was and how careful you need to be and I think she had her hands all the way up um clearing the esophagus at one point and it was just this you know hearing the story of that there was a sense of pride as a parent that even though I wasn't there, she was able to teach somebody else and to walk through those steps that that person who was with her didn't know. There were steps that that person was able to also teach her, but it was almost one of those equal opportunity where they were working together. And that is so cool to see an adult and a child do that at that same time. It was really cool to see. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. I've, um, field dressed with help like two different deer um so this year it'll be my first time field dressing by myself Mm -hmm. but it's definitely one of those things you just got to do yeah because you can you can watch videos you can read about it as much as you want but until you're elbow deep Mm -hmm. in your deer you're not gonna you're not gonna know what you're doing yeah i remember the first time i did it by myself without somebody over my shoulder it took forever um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they roll around a little bit. Yes. And you're trying to hold them. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's awkward figuring out how you do it because you do it differently than other people. And mm-hmm. I had learned it the way that, you know, a six to 200 pound man could do it. And 
that didn't work for me. I had to learn how to do it, how it worked for me. And so, yes, it took forever to do it that first time. And it was frustrating and I was sweating like crazy and uh, the light was dropping and it was just, oh, I got to the end of it and I was proud, but it was like, how can I do this better? And the next time it got faster and the next time it got faster and the next time it got faster. And like you said, it just takes doing it and making it your own to make it a simpler process. I didn't even realize that, you know how, and I don't know how you've been taught or how you've seen it done, but there are different ways like you can saw through the pelvis uh, in order to clear out the um, the colon right there. Um, I can't do that. I physically have tried and tried and tried using a saw and everything, and I just don't have the power behind uh I don't have the strength to do it. Well, I my hands are small enough that I can cut around and remove without having to do anything with the pelvis. But it took yeah, me. That's how, <laughs> yeah, that's how I do it too. <laughs> it just took just me cutting it out. Yes, it took me cursing under my breath just a little bit in order to say this is not working, <laughs> and 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 figuring it out. And once that happened, it simplified everything and so uh, there's value in learning different ways of doing um certain things in order to make it work for you yeah also just making mistakes when you're out there Mm -hmm. um and then once you make it's some of those mistakes you make them once and you're never gonna make them again yes that's true yes like nicking the bowel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> happened once. You're you're not going to do that one again. <laughs> no, no, you do everything within your power to keep that from happening. Uh, yep. <laughs> I've had a couple of different uh, lessons and or seen different ways of butchering. That you know, one way that you can do things is you can feel if you have the ability to feel dress back somewhere versus in the field hanging upside down or right side up like head up or head down i have now realized the easier way of doing that if that if you have that opportunity um it's it's so much easier to have head down to the everything like gravity works for you versus against you. And, uh, and yet most of the time when I'm field dressing, it's in the field. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of lessons <laughs> that <laughs> come from making mistakes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're always going to be learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how do you think not only are you a teenager, but, and you have grown up as a teenager in hunting, how do you see being a, a female in that? How has it, you've said that you hunt a lot with your brother and your dad and friends who are guys. Um, is it just something that since you've grown up in it, it is second nature or has it, have you come across times where it's, it would have been nice to have a couple girls with you? Um, well, so switching just from like my uncles and my cousins to friends of my brothers and other guys that I didn't necessarily know before mm-hmm. I was hunting with them was definitely a change just because like my uncles and my cousins know what I'm capable of. They mm-hmm. know 
that like I have grown up through this. I like know what I'm doing. Um, so you kind of have to make yourself like known a little bit more when mm-hmm. you're hunting with guys that you don't necessarily know. Um, but then you also do sometimes just have to suck it up and stubble the blinds instead of setting the decoys out and, mm-hmm. you know, just cause they have their own ways of doing things. And especially if you're hunting, if it's like their hunt that you got right. invited on, right? you kind of just got to suck it up. Um, my brother, his girlfriend has started hunting with us. So that's really nice. And it's good to have her there. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it is just, you know, teaching her a little bit or being able to say, Hey, like I got to go to the bathroom. You want to come with me? <laughs> yes. Yes. It makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You don't mm-hmm. have to go walk into the cornfield by yourself. <laughs> right. No, I hear you on that one. That's, uh, yes. I have, I have been on both sides of that with guys only and with girls. And it definitely makes a difference to have a partner. Um, mm-hmm. having all girls there. Oh, it's amazing. It's, uh, th- there's just a different air about it, not bad or good, just just different to where you kind of relax a little bit in those things and those that side of it. Um, everybody does the same thing, so it's it's just understood. Hey, we're gonna take a bathroom right. break. This is it. Um, yes. So it does. It makes a little bit of a difference. I. I wonder, and I'm excited to hear and see and follow how you're going to continue throughout all of this and take it into college and and further because you are that generation uh, that is adding to the amount of women in our community. And you are the generation that is going to take this further with your own family one day. Uh, And that excites me. That makes me very excited. Um, Just to have some leaders in that, uh, in our community. So I'm excited about that. Um, I do want to know if you've got any women not necessarily who have been hands-on mentors to you, but any women that you kind of look to. I've had, and I'm I'm going to explain myself, I've had a couple of conversations with women who grew up hunting years and decades ago who would look at the face of women in hunting, and I'm putting that in quotes, and they didn't look like them, and they didn't know how to compare themselves to them, and it just didn't seem like the community gave mentors of women that look different than just the models. And so I'm wondering if you've got anybody that you looked up to as a female hunter that you said thought that they did a great job of it. Um, well, when I first started hunting, I didn't really have social media or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, there's tons of women that I found out that I just absolutely love and see them as role models and the way that they carry themselves Mm -hmm. on and off the field. Um, But there was, I don't really think there was one specific person that I was like, yes, this is like who I want to be like and stuff. I kind of had to just make my own way Mm -hmm. through it all. Yep. Well, hopefully that'll change for the, like the younger generation. They'll have you to look up to and they'll have um, women that they have access to 
not because of social media, but because more women around them are showing that they are in it and and willing to help and teach and that kind of thing. I'm hoping so. That's what my big hope is, is that our community draws a little bit closer instead of further apart. Um, Who do you follow now that you absolutely love? Oh, there are so many people. (laughs) Well, I followed you for the longest time and I always love seeing what you're up to and stuff. Um, there's another girl that lives in South Dakota that I like vaguely know of. Her name's Sammy. Mm-hmm. I love seeing what she's doing. She's a dog trainer and loves to hunt. Yes. Um, just all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Katie, I can't think of her last name right now, but she's like a makeup artist. Always yeah. looks amazing no matter what she's doing. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that because I mean, I'm not one who wears a lot of makeup. I just never really learned how to do it. I'm not good at it. Um, but I, I respect the people that wake up the extra 20 minutes early to do their makeup because and they to want look to. good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I fully respect that. Yeah. Look up uh, Jana Waller when you get a chance. She's a great inspiration for for women. I mean, she's one of my one of the people that I truly look up to. Um I think she does an excellent job of carrying herself respectfully and honorably. Um, I'll send you her link to follow her. She's great. Um, okay. I was trying yeah. to think if there was anybody else. Kylie McRae has been fun. She's She hasn't been hunting. Well, no, she hunts pretty regularly. She's in Texas right now, but she goes back and forth between Texas and Tennessee. Um Man, there's so many. There's so many awesome women out there right now that really are doing a great job of showing what our community is really made out of, not just the models that industry uses, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. The people that you see in the pictures and Mm -hmm. the real life, the people that are out there doing it. Yeah, you can tell the difference for sure. It's oh, not yeah. hard. Yep. <laughs> it's definitely not hard. Well, what have you got? You've said that you still, you've got your all of your tags still for this season, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, so as soon as it cools down. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'll be. It's been a little bit cooler now, so I'm getting excited. Mm-hmm. But my archery tag, it's on a piece of land that I'll only be able to hunt with my um, uncle. So I'll kind of have to plan it out with him. Mm-hmm. But as soon, and I don't like my doe tag. I usually fill that at the same place that I will be buck hunting or looking for my buck. So I'll wait until then to get, I it. get that take filled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see how your season goes and, and just to see outside of those tags, what all you get into and, um, And truly, it's been an honor to have this conversation, Catherine. Thank you so much. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Good.